0: Welcome to the On The Gold podcast. Today's episode, The Pitfalls of Buying a Mining Claim. Hey, thank you everybody for joining me today on this episode of On The Gold. My name is Kevin Hoagland and today we are going to talk about the pitfalls of buying a mining claim. Now, this is a subject that gets me extremely worked up and I'm going to try to keep this as short as I can and I'm going to try not to go down rabbit holes and, and ramble too much But I'll tell you what, I even put a pad on my desktop today in case I started slamming my fist down because this is also a subject that just absolutely throws me over the edge and and I can get infuriated in just a matter of minutes. matter of fact, I'm already about halfway there, so I'm going to try to calm down. Pitfalls of of buying a mining claim. Now, let's talk about this and let me share with you a little bit of what's going on. September 1st is the end of the claims year. Actually, uh, August 31st is the end. September 1st is the first day of the new year. So all of you claim holders out there, happy new year. Inevitably, in the GPAA office where I'm running the claims department and trying to get everything else filed, in the months of July and the months of August, I start getting calls from people, most of the time not members, that are trying to sell or, I'm sorry, trying to share their mining claim. GPA has a, has a share claim program that we've had since the very, very beginning of time where a owner of a claim can share their claim with the GPA. The members take full use of the claim. We take over the financial responsibility, or if it's in the small miners program, um, the owner takes care of that responsibility. And then we pay a, we just, we pay a small lease check and so on like that at the end, at the end of the year. Now, I had 11 calls in the last two weeks of August of people trying to share their claim. That's, unfortunately, that's pretty much the go day for us when we're we're actually making the BLM payments and doing everything else and and so on like that. But I had, again, 11 people that had called that wanted to share their claim. And talking with these people, uh, there's due diligence. So the first question is, how long have you had the claim? Did you stake it or did you buy it? And I will tell you that out of the 11 people I talked to, all 11 of them had bought the claim, had bought the claim within the last year. That throws up a few red flags. That brings in the next questions. All right, have you gotten your gold off of it? Have you done prospecting on the claim? Have you gone out and are you you getting gold? Because I'm not going to take financial responsibility for a claim for the GPA membership to use that, Nobody even knows if there's gold on. Out of the 11, nine of the people that had bought claims had not seen their claim. They bought them absolutely sight unseen. So here's how pretty much here, this is how it goes. I'm talking to somebody, they're talking to me about sharing their claim. First thing I ask, what, you know, aside from how's the gold, so on like that, what is the full name of the claim exactly as it appears within the BLM? office the serial register page so on like that when one guy had no idea what I was talking about but he had the claim name he said well I need to know exactly what it says on your receipt the claim that you purchased I pulled it up and it didn't exist now this was in and this was in Arizona and it was in a county that I could pull up county records the claim had been recorded but it had never been filed so this gentleman actually bought nothing. He did not buy a claim. He wasn't very happy. He really wasn't happy. And I and before I told him that I did I checked. I tried different spellings. I checked on different things. Um, I asked him where, where you know if he knew exactly where it was located. And it actually had township, meridian, section, so on like that. I was able to put that into the geolocator. Claim name never even showed up. I asked him to get a hold of the owner and make sure that the name had not been changed. He got back with me, or the seller, I should say. He got back with me and said, no, that it's the same name. And he said that he had talked to the guy about the information that I'd given to him. The guy got really panicky and said that he was sending him back his money immediately. Really? Okay. All right. So that's one case. and And honestly, that doesn't happen very often, but it does happen, and I'll tell you why here in a minute. Now, out of the rest of the people that I talked to, when I got their names, I dropped them into the BLM two the LR two thousand. And out of those, they had all bought the claim within the last year. The claims had actually been recorded and filed within thirty to forty-five days of the time that they bought the claim. Now, when you look at the L R two thousand, which is a report, shows the recordation date, shows the you know, shows the filing date, so on like that, because when you record a claim with the county, you have a you have a window to be able to stake the claim. When you stake the claim, you need to have your point of discovery. The point of discovery is supposed to be right there where you found the gold, so on like that. Um, gosh, I'm I'm just I am trying so hard not to just spin up on this one. All right while talking to a couple of the other people and then looking back on the blm stuff most of these people had bought a claim that had been recorded at a certain date and sold to them on a date but before the quick claim deed and everything else was done miraculously the claim became filed so you like i said you've got a window they were selling claims that had been recorded at the county recorder's office, getting the payment for it and then, or making the deal for it, and then filing, actually filing the claim. This is not legal. And that's why you have got to protect yourself and you've got to pay attention to what's going on. Needless to say, there wasn't a single one of these claims that I would actually even consider bringing into the GPA for the share claim. And that was, you know, they were were pretty upset nothing I can do about it. You have to be aware of what you're doing. You absolutely have to be. So let's talk about the three different types of people that sell claims and then the one subset that falls in there as well. You have people that are professional prospectors, and I'm going to use, this is the one time I will drop a name. Chris Ralph, former geologist with the state of Nevada, Everything that he does, it's Chris Ralph Professional Prospector. His YouTube page has that. His Facebook page has that. Chris Ralph Professional Prospector. Chris is just that. He is a professional prospector. He goes out, he prospects, and he finds locations that have appreciable gold deposits on the property. Now, I don't know if you'll ever see a a Chris Ralph professional prospecting claim for sale because most of the time when he's out there professionally prospecting, those claims are being bought almost immediately by major mining companies. And there's Chris isn't the only guy that's out there doing this. There are people that are out there that are making really good money by doing everything the right way. They're doing the research on the area. They're looking at the history of the area. They're picking areas that they believe are gold-bearing because they're professional prospectors. They go out. They find that. They record it. They stake it. They present it. They create their portfolio. They present it to a mining company. The mining company says, yep, you bet. Here we go, and here's a check. Quick claim deed is done, and it's all taken care of. Again, you will probably never see a mining claim from these guys, but if you do... And you know their name or you know about them or they give you all sorts of references and everything else. If you're really planning on buying a claim, then that's those are the ones you're going to want to, look, want to look at. But I will tell you, you are going to spend a huge amount of money on those claims. So much so that if you're thinking about just doing it for casual prospecting or some collection mining where you're going out and you just, you know, you show up a couple of times out of the year and you go prospecting, and maybe you do a little metal detecting, a little whatever, you'll never get your money back unless you just hit one hell of a great pocket and things like that. I mean, because these claims are not, they're not cheap. All right, that's one group. The next group is a group of guys that are out there that are doing it right. Now, some of these you will find on auction sites. You'll find them on auction sites. You'll find them in magazines because they advertise in the magazines. They do these different things, and these are good people. These are good people. They go out. They take the time. They know where they're going to go. They've been working these areas. They've done the history. They know what's going on. They go out. They prospect an area that they know is open that can be claimed. They prospect it. And they find gold. Now, it may not be the, it's not going to be at the level that the professional prospectors that are out there finding these claims, but it would be a fantastic claim for somebody that wants to do some casual mining casual mining, coming out there with a little high banker, you know, just whatever metal detecting and small high banking, maybe dredging, you know, these, these things like this. And that's a good claim. It's that's exactly what it's supposed to be. Now the differentiator here uh, between this group and the next group, and I'm going to tell you some of these things real quick, then we'll get into the last one. This group of people, when you ask them and this is the top question you ask them, can I come out and prospect it before I make an offer or before we make a deal? And if they say no, then they're not that subgroup. They're really not. And, you know, unless there's something going on, if there's a fire going in the, on in the area, if there's, you know, if, if it's the middle of the wintertime and you're looking at a claim in, in, I don't know, Colorado, and it's the middle of the wintertime, and it, let's say it's up around Leadville. There's 14 feet of, gold, 14 feet of snow on the ground. You're not going to get up there. But at least, you know, if, if you're given a reasoning and so on like that, you bet. It's, it's like, you know what, if the claim doesn't sell and it's still around when the, when the thaw comes, can I come out and prospect it? They'll tell you, absolutely, absolutely come prospect that. And matter of fact, in the meantime, if you're looking at buying a claim from me, I'm going to send you a list of happy customers. It'll be their name and their email address, so on like that. And I will tell you that some of these guys, if you buy a claim from them, their confidence level is so high that part of the deal is, is that your name and your phone number or your name and your email go onto the list that they can send out to potential customers because they know that you're going to be happy with what your purchase was and you will recommend them. That says a lot. That absolutely says a lot. I don't know of anybody that's ever bought a claim from any of these guys that haven't been happy. And if they haven't been happy, it's because of their own prospecting skills. Because of their own prospecting skills. And as they get better at prospecting or as they get better at what, what they're doing, they suddenly start finding more gold. And, you know, these claims are a little bit more expensive. They're a little bit more expensive, but they're a great value. Now the last one. The last group and this is the one that throws me over the edge are what we call paper hangers. Paper hangers generally advertise their claims on websites like just any of the auction sites. Um that you know you'll see them up on the, look around you'll find them. I'm not going to sit here and start and start naming all these things but you'll see Gold claims for sale at a really ridiculously pretty low price, pretty low price. And if it's got the name on it or if you're talking to somebody, if you're, I'll tell you what, let's just run through a scenario. I'm on a auction site and I see a claim in the state of Arizona that's for sale for $3,000. Like, wow, that sounds like a pretty good go- deal. Arizona's full of gold. This ought to be something really, really good. So you send out a, you send a, a message to the seller, "Hey, I'd like to talk to you a little bit more about this claim. Here's my phone number, please call me." Well, either you get a call or you don't. And if you get the call, the first thing you should ask that person is, "When can I come prospect this claim?" And if they say, "You can't," you're done. Hang up the phone. Hang up the phone. Erase them from your email. I don't care what you do. Don't contact them because they're not going to contact you. Or they may try to contact you over and over and over about, hey, you know, I'll make you a deal. I'll I'll drop the price, $500. I'll do this or I'll do that. I see this happen all the time. And I, unfortunately, I see people that get bit by this all the time. Here's why they're called a paper hanger. They look at a map. They know that there's been gold mines in the area. So they go out. They kick the dirt around for a little bit. They, they've they got an area that they know is, is historically we can say that there's gold there. And you know what? There may be gold on this claim. So they take a little stick, and they stick a stick in the ground, and they put their little bottle on it, and they fill out the county paperwork, county paperwork, recordation paperwork. And they say, okay, this is my claim. They draw it up. They've got the little mapping. They draw everything out. They stick it in the bottle and they've got their they've got their copy and they run to the county and they record the claim. Recording a claim in the state of Arizona is going to cost you anywhere from seven dollars and fifty cents to twenty five bucks. That's it. But what it also does is it gives you a period of time before you have to actually file that claim within the BLM, the Bureau of Land Management. You've got a window. And during that window, you're supposed to go out, get all your corner markers up, do the, all, all the other things, all, all the things that are required to, to make that an actual claim, along with your point of discovery and the whole nine yards. Inevitably, you'll see some of these claims that pop up um, if they do go as far as getting filed. The recordation date and the filing date will be, like, really extensive. But I've also talked to people that when I've had the conversation with them, The recording date, I'm sorry, the filing date was like a week before the quick claim was actually signed. So in other words, they were going out and they were recording it. I've got a $10 investment in Maricopa County, $10, $15 investment in Maricopa County. I've gone out, I've recorded it. I throw it up on an auction site and Gold Fever Bob buys that thing completely totally sight unseen. Now I'm in a position to where I've got I've got it sold. I've got I've got it sold. I've got the money coming in. I've got my quit claim. You know, I've already done that part of the paperwork. I'm going to get it into the new owner's name, the whole nine yards. Now I've got money coming in. Boom. I'm going to go file it. Or I'm yeah, I'm going to go file it. I am furious over this. Have been for years and years and years. Paper filers need to be just I can't even say it. can't even say it I won't I absolutely will not you cannot do business with these people you cannot if you have a bad case of gold fever and you decide that you want a claim that you've got to have a claim you have to have this because this is what you want to have that part of the American dream you need to slow your roll. Slow your roll, start doing your due diligence. I will tell you that when some of the television shows started popping up, these big shows on on national television with okay, all the Alaska shows and, and some of the South America shows and things like that, when they started popping up, the influx of paper hangers was amazing because people are like, wow, I want to do that, I want to do that and suddenly they hear about a claim for sale on one of the auction sites, and they go in, they look at it, and go, oh, that's cool, I can do that for $3,000, you bet. They don't know anything about prospecting. Not a th- not a thing. But they'll learn, because it's not that much of an investment. And then when they get out there and they suddenly realize that they're not getting gold, they're you know they're crushed. All right. The subset of that are these poor guys that have bought a claim from a paper hanger, they have the realization that there's absolutely no gold on the claim and now they're trying to get their investment back. I feel for those people. I really do. I I, I feel for everybody that that ends up dealing with a paper hanger. All right. So how do you protect yourself? I'll just do the quick rundown. If you're looking at a claim, number one thing to ask, where can I go prospect? When can I go prospect? And if they come on out anytime you want, the weather's great right now, whatever you go out there. Now here's where you really start to really get in the groove and know what you, if you're dealing with somebody that you think is legitimate or that you feel legitimate, you go out to the claim and they ask you, where would you like to go prospect? Oh, I want to go over there. Absolutely. Knock yourself out. You know, here's 20 acres. It's, the corner markers over here, the other corner markers over there, the other ones on the road and then you go back this way. Have a blast. Matter of fact, stay out here for a couple of days and prospect, enjoy yourself and uh you know, get back with me when you get done. Or they'll hang out there with you, you know, whatever. The one to watch out for is if you go out if they say, "Yeah, come on out." And this is becoming more and more common. "Yeah, come on out." And they bring you out to the claim. And you say, you know what? I want to go prospect the claim. And so, Yeah, absolutely. Hey, you know what? I've been working over here. Come on over. I've got a bunch of equipment set up. Come work where I've been working. And you get over there and you look and there's fresh piles of dirt here and they've got this and there's a little, a little high banker recirculator or something setting up and there's some material there and it's like, you know, start working out of that material. This happens. I'm not making this up. I've had this told to be by so many people. So they start working the material and they start finding gold. So they buy the claim. And they move down 50 feet because the, it actually looks like it might be better down 50 feet. And, and some of these people may know a little bit about prospecting or they're studying and they're learning as they go and they don't find anything. Then they go up and then they start working all around the area and there's no gold. Go back to the gold rush days. You know, some of these old miners would raise millions of dollars or well, millions of dollars today, but hundreds of thousands of dollars where the the principals, the guys that were working the mine, they'd get a shaft dug. They'd go in a little bit. They would do this, they'd do that. And you've all heard the stories about going in there with the double barrel shotgun packed full of gold and then shooting it into the quartz vein and, and you know, just embedding gold in there. And then getting all the investors to come in the investors see the gold. They spend tens of thousands of dollars because they've just got this instantaneous case of gold fever. And they buy the claim or they buy the mine. And, and they, they keep selling it. And they keep selling it. And they keep selling it. And they've got, and, you know, they've made tens, hundreds of, you know, they've made a huge amount of money. And then suddenly dis- they disappear. Yeah, they they're gone. They're not even in the same state anymore. But what they did is they made what would be equivalent to today, you know, a couple of million bucks. Who knows? But they're gone. Or the guys, and I busted somebody doing this one time, that was showing some people some material on a claim. And these folks had asked me to come out, and this was years ago. They'd asked me to come out uh, because they wanted me to take them to one of my claims that they could just go prospecting on. claim wasn't for sale or anything else. And they told me where they would be. Well, I went over and I met with them and so on like that, and they're working in this spot that the owner of the claim told them, this is where you need to work. And they're working this material, and they're running it through a, a small, high, a little high banker, a little recirculating type high banker. And I'm watching this guy, and I'm watching everything that he's doing, and, and, and I'm watching my friends that are running this material. And I noticed that about every four or five big scoops that they would put in, the guy would come back over. And right before he'd come back over, he'd light a cigarette. And he's looking in, he's looking into the box, and he's looking and he's take you know, takes his magnet and runs it through here and does this. But before he would put the magnet into the box, he'd ash his cigarette right into the right into the header box a couple of times. You know, ash his cigarette, put it back in his mouth, uh, look down every now and then, tap it. You know, the ash would fall. It's kind of the old Clarence Darrow thing, you know, or uh, was it Clarence Darrow? Yeah, the stories about how, how he would take a uh, a, um, a paper clip and stick it and straighten it out and stick it into the cigar and when he was sitting in court and he's smoking the cigar people would become fascinated and waiting to see when the ash would come off you know so their, their mind would be not paying attention to what was going on but they were what they were really they were focused on the ash well what this guy was doing and I busted him right then and there and he threw everybody off the claim almost immediately and then within six months he was gone from the state of Arizona Gone, absolutely gone. He would load his cigarettes with fine gold. And while he was smoking, he'd let the ashes fall off into the header box, and of course that's going to deposit gold into the sluice box. And I didn't catch it at first. And each time it happens, there's a little bit more gold, and a little bit more gold, and a little bit more gold. My friends who now own two or three of their own claims, that they went out and they found And they went through all the steps and they know what they've got. They were actually bit by gold fever. And I didn't think that was going to be possible for them, but they were seeing gold. And I guess it is possible because they were seeing gold and they were getting excited. And they were getting more and more excited every time they saw a little bit more gold because in their head, you know, they're looking at a pile of dirt that's about, I don't know, seven or eight, five-gallon buckets, you know, 40, 40, 50 gallons of material. And it's classified down and they're running it in through here. And they're seeing more and more gold. Gold fever hit. Gold fever absolutely hit them. My question to the guy was, man, that's great gold. Can we go test another spot? No. What do you mean no? My friends are here. They want to buy the claim. But, you know, you can't just give them one spot. It's 20 acres. 20 acres a lot of ground. Can they go prospect another area? Now, this is the only place that I let people work. I was done. And I looked at my friends and I told them exactly what I had seen going on. Now the 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 straw that broke the camel's back is when well, I'm watching this guy, and he had finished off a cigarette, about half of the cigarette, and he field strip it, stripped it. He broke the the white off of the cigarette, put the filter in his pocket, and he carried one of those, you know, those old clamshell um uh coin cup, the the little coin holders where you squeeze it. He squeezed that thing, dropped that part of the cigarette into it, and I started thinking about it, and I'd seen him do that two or three different times. The one thing that you could throw down on the ground and grind into the ground, you would never, nobody would ever know that it was there, was the one thing that he was making sure that he absolutely saved. Absolutely saved. And I called him on it, and the guy went ballistic. The guy absolutely went ballistic. Not that I accused him of doing that, it was different. He knew that he had been busted. And all he wanted to do was get us off the claim. Now, that claim got pulled from everything that was for sale. And he never he never renewed the, renewed the claim. But he was also gone within six months. If somebody's not going to let you work the claim, you're not going to buy the claim. You're not going to buy the claim. If they won't let you work it where you want to work it, don't buy the claim. When was the last time you bought a car that you never drove? When was the last time you bought a house you never walked into? When you see gold, you go from that, and and if you if you get bit with a little case of gold fever, you go from having that. I'm going to test drive this car and make sure that it meets my needs to doing an impulse buy because you're standing at the cash re- or you're standing in the, the grocery line, and you decide that you want a coke you want a coke and in a and a butterfinger. That's an impulse buy. That's an impulse buy. Or you see something, you know, as seen on TV. But wait, there's more. And you decide you've got to have that. That's an impulse buy. But you're talking about spending thousands of dollars. And you don't even know if there's anything there. At least if I show you something that slices, dices, and does all of this other stuff, you get to see how it works. You know, you're watching the television. You're watching the TV commercial, the the infomercial. And when you see that it slices, it dices, it does this, it does that, it does everything but clean itself and then put itself back in the cabinet, that's pretty cool. I'll take that. That's an impulse buy still, but at least it is an informed impulse buy. You're standing at the grocery counter, you buy a Coke because you know what a Coke tastes like, or your favorite soft drink. I shouldn't just say Coke, I'm sorry. You know what your favorite soft drink, and that becomes an impulse buy. How can you buy a mining claim that you've never seen? How can you buy a mining claim that you've never worked on? And more importantly, if you really want to go prospecting and you want to learn how to prospect and you want to become better at it, why are you buying a claim? Why? Is it because you live so far away from a gold-bearing area that you just simply can't? Are you going to take a vacation? If you're going to take a vacation, you do all of your research. You find the areas that you're going to go prospect, and when you come into Arizona, I'll just use because here's where I, this is where I am. When you come into Arizona, you go to that spot. That's what your vacation. That's what your vacation is about. You're coming out to prove in these areas or disprove that you do or you do not have gold. And this is the time that you hook up with some of the people, you know, and 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 you you. you you call the pre, You call the state directors for the GPAA. You get a hold of chapter presidents and say, look, I'm coming into town. I'm going to, going to go in and I'm going to be going out and prospecting on these three potential areas that I've got that I think I'm going to put a claim in. Can you throw it up on the board, give my number out to the members, put it into your newsletter or whatever? Because I sure would like to have somebody with more experience or some experience with me. To help me go out there. If nothing else, just somebody I can talk to. That's the right way to do it. To buy something you've never seen or you know nothing about or buy it on impulse. Please don't. Please don't. I'll, I'll never beat you up for it if you do because it happens. It happens. But I'd rather it not happen to you. If you want to go out and find your own claim, take the time to do it. Take your time to do it properly spend the time, do the research, get out there, boots on the ground. And if you find gold and you find gold in a couple of spots and you know that you're absolutely spot on you're right, get your discovery marker, get your recording paperwork done, get it to the county, and before you leave town from your vacation, get your claim filed with the BLM. I've spent weeks, I've done that for vacations and i'll tell you what when i'm back home that to me is some of the most rewarding vacations i've ever taken i think that's about it for today i you know i've tried to not get too spun up and i hope that i haven't upset anybody by like really beating up on anybody that's out there looking at, at, at buying a claim if you're going to look at a claim be careful please be careful you know i was going to come up with something you know, kind of kind of light and at the beginning of this thing and call it a PSA, the Prospector Service Announcement or, or something like that and try to make light of it. But I can't make light of this subject in any way, shape or form. People are being robbed. Protect yourself because unfortunately there's a lot of things about this that really aren't against the law. Do yourself a favor. Think before you do it. All right, that's it. I hope you enjoyed this. And if you have comments, please leave them below the speaker's notes and everything else, the the show notes and all the other good stuff. Or you can send me an email at khoagland at goldprospectors.org. Check out our Instagram for Gold gold Trails, the Gold Trails video page uh, at Gold Trails TV. That's a YouTube channel. Of course, goldprospectors.org for other videos and a lot of other things, including a lot of my articles and everybody else's articles about different things about prospecting. Be good to yourself, be good to others, and next time, I'll see you somewhere out there.